It's time for Mike Osman and Mad Mix Podcast. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are in the world. This is the Mike Osman and Mad Mix Podcast with special guests today. And how excited am I to say that on the show is Matthew Letizier, a man who scored 209 goals for Southampton. And a man, we're going to find out today how he nearly signed for Chelsea Football Club. Donald Trump, of course, has been in the news from the very beginning, and he will be till the very end of this pandemic. And Donald is with us now because he's been to the doctors. So good, so good. Let me say this. Mike Osmond, I love your podcast. I love it so much. You know, I went to the doctors and I had a test. It wasn't a COVID test. It was a DNA. And he said, this is most incredible, Mr. President. Incredible. You have a very rare case here. I've never seen this before. And I knew because I'm so different, so good, so tremendous, so tremendous. He said, your DNA is backwards. I said, what? He said, your DNA, and we can't understand this, but it is backwards. I said, and? Yeah, very good. Thank you very much, Donald. We'll be hearing from Donald a bit later on in the show because he, Donald Trump, well, he's found another cure for COVID. You know, it it was disinfectant at one point. It's been all sorts. Now, apparently, he believes that pal dog food, pal dog food can cure COVID-19. Well, we'll find out how that works. Now, I want to talk about James Nesbitt, one of our finest actors. He, of course, appeared in Cold Feet. Unbelievable show. Ran for years, and now it's back. I absolutely love that. But one of my favourite programmes that he ever did was The Missing. I don't know if you've seen it. If you haven't, get it on catch-up. Absolutely brilliant. So he's appeared in some very serious dramas. But the, the thing about James Nesbitt, whenever I've met him, he loves stupid jokes. Stupid jokes. And so we, we, we said, James, can you tell us a couple? Absolutely delighted, Mike. I'd love to say a couple of jokes. So I went in the shop and said, could someone sell me a kettle? The bloke said, Kenwood. I said, where is he then? Told my partner I had a job in a bowling alley. She said, Tempin. I said, no, permanent. Yeah, thank you very much, James. So it's about time then. Let's get hold of him. Let's go to Mad Mick. Hello, Mad Mick. Oh, I've got a new neighbour. Got a new neighbour? Oh, Barry the Bouncer. <laughs> Barry the Bouncer? Barry the Bouncer. The Bouncer. <laughs> oh, Barry the Bouncer. He's been furlonged. <laughs> furlonged from the old Dog and Donut <laughs> nightclub. Dog and Donut nightclub. Dog and Donut, <laughs> Furlonged. You don't get many donuts in there. <laughs> enough now, enough now. Oh, it's funny, Barry the Bouncer. Barry the Bouncer. More than a neighbour. You know, he won't let you in his house. Yeah. If you've got trainers on. <laughs> oh, he's very funny. <laughs> you got to have a tie. 
Oh, I don't like me. They don't like you, Barry the Bouncer. Oh, I don't like me, thanks for asking. I didn't, I didn't. Oh, he, he breeds those koi carps, Barry the Bouncer. Does he? You know, oh, you know those fish were thousands of pounds. Yeah, I do. Oh, but he doesn't like me. Why? Because I breed herons. <laughs> what the herons like? Koi, koi carp that are worth thousands of pounds, thanks Ooh, for asking. Oh, I must tell you this. Tell me what, tell me what. Oh, Eric's been for a new job interview. Has My he? My friend Eric. Oh, yeah. Thanks for asking. I didn't. Yes. I didn't. Ooh, and the boss said to him, yeah. the boss said to Eric. What? He said, can you perform under pressure? Eric said, no, but I'll have a go. A bohemian rhapsody, he said. <laughs> You are living in that. Oh, yeah. What? What? Guess what Doris said this week. I'm gonna. I'm. Uh, listen, Mad Mick. I don't know what Doris said this week. I'm not even gonna guess. I couldn't dream. I couldn't imagine what she Ooh. said. Oh, she's getting ideas above her station. Really? Oh, she woke up. She said, Mick. She said, Mick. She said, Mick. <laughs> I want a bee day. She said, I want a bee day. <laughs> I'm laughing already. <laughs> Why? Oh, I said, what's a bee day, Doris? <laughs> she said, you're ignorant, Mick. She said, you're ignorant. Yeah. A bee day? A bee day? <laughs> is for washing your bum. <laughs> I said, don't be silly, Doris. That's a flannel. <laughs> well, if you use a flannel, I'd love to hear about it. Mad Mick's Ooh. using the flannel. Mad Mick, you stay Ooh. there, and we're going to talk to you in a minute. Right now. <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> need... Yeah, yeah, you just wait there, Mad Mick. We'll have you here in a minute. Uh, flannel, is he having a laugh? Hi, uh, it's Chris Tarrant. Uh, it's up to you. Um, up to you whether you want to carry on listening to the Michaelsman and Mad Mick podcast. You may remember I was a guest on the show, um, and I still haven't received payment. So I'm going to stop listening. There's one less. Ha ha! Tee hee! It's up to you. So, my first guest, my very special guest, I've known for many, many years. He'll be appearing on Bright Britain's Brightest Celebrity Family very soon with Anne Hegarty. Um, I obviously wasn't invited, uh, as you can tell, Britain's Brightest Celebrity Family. Uh, he was in the sequel to the award-winning Harry's Heroes, The Full English. Voted Southampton's greatest player of all time. There's the, look, look at that. First class appearances for Southampton, 540. Goals scored for Southampton, 209. England caps, eight. And that's the most disgraceful stat on that screen at the moment. Should have been so many, many more. Please welcome, let's give him a round of applause, ladies and gentlemen, as we say, hello, Matt Letizia. Good evening, Michael. <laughs> How are you, mate? I'm very good, thank you for asking, as Mad Mick would say, Tiz. So what have you been up to during lockdown? How have you been coping, you and Geneva? Uh, yeah, I must admit, I've coped with it pretty well. Um, <laughs> I think uh, sitting around the house doing not a lot. It's something that I've had a lot of practice at down the years. <laughs> um, yeah. So, yeah, I haven't, um, I haven't been too bad, if I'm honest. I've, I've quite enjoyed actually spending more time at home. You know, as you know, I'm, I'm not here a lot, so I'm always out and about doing stuff. Yeah. Um, so it has actually been nice just to just to take the, take the uh, 
foot off the accelerator for a little bit and, and spend some good quality time at home with, with as you say, Angelina. Have you uh, done any gardening or decorating? Uh, Come on, be no honest. Decorating. No, no decorating. decorating. I have I have cut the grass a few times. Um, however, the novelty of that has worn off, and I've and I've just taken <laughs> off and start doing it. <laughs> uh, Matt, who was the greatest player you played with or against? Um, I, I mean, it was only it was only briefly, but I played with Gaza, and he was probably the, the best of my generation in in terms of uh, uh, the top English player. Um, mm. Fantastic uh, natural ability. Um, it was just you think he was as good as you. Was he as good as, me? as good as you? Uh, I'm serious. He, I'm really he, serious here. He was different to me. I think we were very different players, and I think yeah. a lot of people thought that we were we were similar players and that we couldn't play in the same team. But I completely disagree with that. Mm. Um, you know, I think there was there was uh, something inherently different uh, between the, the the way the two of us played. So um, I always felt like we could have we could have complemented each other as opposed to to kind of battling for one spot, if you like. Um, so yeah, I mean. Um, it, Gaza would probably be the, the best in, in terms of Southampton I would say um, I, I've always kind of mentioned when I'm asked that question um, Jimmy Case um, in my early days Rodney Wallace obviously Alan Shearer was there as well at Southampton I think Alan got better after he left yeah um, uh, and Ronnie Eklund who um, only the, the most hardened Saints fans of the 94-95 season will remember yeah. I certainly remember him. So uh, you mentioned um, Jimmy Casey, because Casey, when when you and I had um, a nightclub, which we don't like to talk about. In fact, you wrote about it in the book. Blame me for everything, you. Um, no, but when we had the nightclub, Casey, right? We'd be shutting up. You probably remember this. It'd be about two, two after two in the morning. We'd be shutting up, uh, and we'd go to the door. There'd be a knock on the door, and it'd be Casey. Hey, I, and your heart would sink because you knew he'd come in for four hours. And when he walked in, he used to smack you right in the stomach. All right, lad. All right, lad. But he'd tell us some great stories. I remember him saying to me one night. He said, "Yeah." People say Tiz is lazy, like uh, they say he's lazy. Yeah, well, well, when he played with me, if I got the ball, I just kept passing it to him. He'd pass it back, I'd give it back to him. Kept giving it back to him, kept giving it back to him. He said, because when he had the ball, he was brilliant, brilliant. That was Casey. Question for Matt from Matt Mark Croucher. Do you recall Cole scoring a great solo goal in the League Cup match in September 95 away to Cardiff? It's never talked about. Uh, yeah, I do. Um, and I think um, that was the that was the, just before uh, I was asked if I would uh, consider playing for Wales national team because I played for England. I never um, knew that. Yeah, so I, I played a couple of games for England, but they were only in friendlies, so I could still change nations if I wanted. And where I come from, Guernsey, I kind of qualified for all the home nations. Oh. Um, and so, so Bobby Gould was manager of Wales at the time. I think, and they went in the papers. And said, "Do you fancy coming to play for Wales?" And I, and I went back. And when the journalist came to me and asked me, and I went, "No, you're right, mate. I, I just want to play for England, to be honest." So I, I completely give Wales a custom pie. And then the next thing I know, we get drawn Cardiff away in the League Cup. And I'm like, "Oh my God, I'm going to get absolutely from the fans." And and they, the Cardiff fans, didn't let me down. They they completely <laughs> me for the entire ninety minutes. <laughs> Uh, we did win 3-0 that day, uh, and not only did I score a lovely solo goal in the first half, I scored yeah. a lovely little lob in the second half as well. So I scored two, won 3-0, played pretty decent, and at the end of the game, 
Um, I can remember it was, it was a nice moment. They'd given me stick all game. And it was all good hearted, you know. I took it in the right manner. Yeah, yeah. And at the end of the game, I went to to behind their goal where all their fans were congregated, and I'll give them a round of applause and fair play to them to a, to a man. They all clapped me back after that game. Brilliant, so. brilliant. Can you imagine that, man? Let's Welsh, Welsh man. Let's Wales. Look at that, cheers, boy. Cheers. How close were you to joining Chelsea for ten million in nineteen ninety five? I think I know the answer to this. Well. I've got a little something um, from that story. I see it wasn't 10 million quid, so it was about 7 million quid. Yeah. Uh, and um, Matthew Harding was a big what fan. What a man. He was a lovely man, wasn't he? He was indeed. Uh, and he was a big fan of mine. And uh, I don't forget him, actually. I, I bumped into him in the corridor when we were playing away at Chelsea one year. Uh, and he got his wallet out. And I thought, oh, he's going to give me a bungee. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and, he, and out of his wallet, he took this Panini sticker. That he had yeah. with me in his wallet and asked me to sign it for him. Yeah. And, uh, and so then, obviously, they tried to buy me. Laurie Mack was uh, obviously director of football at the time. Yeah, it? you're not bloody good. And, yeah. and, and Laurie went, no, he's, 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 we don't want to sell him. Uh, you know, he's not interested in going, he's, he's fine. Yeah. And Laurie, <laughs> Laurie said to Matthew Hardy, he said, the only way you will have Matt Letizia play for you is if you come and if you come and buy Southampton, he said, then, then you can have him play for you. Uh, and so uh, apparently Laurie tells a story that, that Matt, um, Matthew then went, uh, okay, she said, yeah, I said, I could buy it and I'll call it Chelsea on sea. <laughs> <laughs> so then, so then, uh, so then he wrote out a check um, for £7 million. Pounds, yeah. Which, which the check was Laurie's, but it is now. Have you got it? Oh, wow. Chelsea on C. Fantastic. (laughs) Oh, my goodness me. That is amazing. What a great story. This is my other man, Mick. It's a podcast. So, Tiz, we're going to just say hello to Mad Mick. I think he may have a question for you. So, Mad Mick, are you there, sir? Oh, I'm still here. I was very interested in talking to, uh, listening, sorry. Thanks for asking to Matt Letizia. Yeah. Oh, I didn't realise he was on Britain's brainiest family. He is, yeah. Oh, he could meet me and Doris in the final. There's <laughs> <laughs> much chance of that, man, Mick. <laughs> Ooh, you never know, he might get through. Yeah, really. Ooh, it's an absolute pleasure, thanks for asking, to talk to Matt, Matt Letizia. Yeah. Ooh, possibly one of the finest goalkeepers. <laughs> He said, thank you, man, Mick. Oh, you don't thank me. Your record speaks for itself, <laughs> Mr. Letizia. Sorry about this, Tiz. I do apologize. Do you know he faced 40, 48 penalties and saved 47 of them? <laughs> He's been Ooh, doing a bit of research, Tiz. He's just read it the wrong way round. Sorry, <laughs> say again, man, Mick. Oh, he faced 48 penalties. Yeah, I got that. He saved 47 <laughs> yeah, of them. I know, I know. Do you know? Oh, the... goalkeeper, Portsmouth ever read. <laughs> do, do you know the only person who scored a penalty against him, by the way? <laughs> Tis based on that logic, it was Mark. Mark Crosley. Mark Crosley, yes. <laughs> the only person who saved the penalty from Tis. So if you if you could go back to when your dad took you aside and gave you advice before you came across the water to join Southampton, just tell us what he said, Tiz, and then we'll, I'll ask you this question. 
Yeah, no, it was, you know, I was just setting off on my on my journey across, 16 years of age, and arrived at Guernsey Airport, and he just pulled me to one side in the car park, and he went, listen, son, he said, you've got all the ability in the world. He said, I want you to remember one thing. He said, hard work never killed anyone. And I took those words on board, and I thought, what a risk it. Good old Marcus and lovely Ruth. I hope they're listening over in uh, on the Channel Islands and all the boys. So, uh, yeah, the question I was going to ask you, if you could go back to, to the very beginning, yeah, would you choose, I want you to choose, professional footballer, professional golfer at the very top? Oh, professional footballer all day long still. Really? Much as oh, I love that's a surprise. I don't think there's, yeah, there's, there's never any doubt. I mean, people... People used to accuse me of not being a team player, but I've I got to tell you, one of the most enjoyable things about your career as a footballer is, is the time that you spend with your teammates and yeah. the togetherness that you have and a, and a bond that was created that even to this day, you know, I still um, I still have uh, really good uh, relationships with even the players that I was apprentices with who, who didn't even make it as footballers. But, yeah. but for that for that year and a half when we were in the youth team together, the bond that you get, you know, I, I, one of them yesterday texted me, to, I just need a favour, can you do a little video message for a friend of mine? Uh, and we just keep in touch and, and, it, and nothing's too much trouble to help out those boys. Because once you, you know, as, as part of a team, you know, I, I never really, I've always, as you know, been a, been a very loyal person. Um, yeah, sure. And no one's no loyaler than you. If you're a teammate, you're a teammate, and you do what you can to help out your teammates. And even to this day, if one of my teammates rings me up and needs a favour, uh, I'll drop everything to try and do it. Yeah, that's brilliant. They must be, I guess the the players must be finding that part of football very hard at the moment because they have been isolated. And I know the good news is that well, football's coming back very soon. Yeah, uh, but they must be missing that camaraderie, that bond that you form, as you said. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I mean, you know, it, nothing, nothing really. I mean, Zoom calls are great and all that malarkey, but yeah. nothing can can really capture what happens in that changing room when you when you all congregate in the mornings, getting dressed, ripping the mickey out of each other. Yeah, uh, you know, it's just it's just. Who was the worst then? Who was the biggest practical joke uh, wind up merchant? Yeah, we didn't really have a lot of uh, practical jokers. We just had some some really funny people with razor sharp wit yeah um, and and it so there wasn't really any need for practical jokes it was all verbal jousting and you know yeah. who could take the mickey the best out of each other uh, and there were some great lads in there for that down the years you know Magellan, bang uh jim Magellan was brilliant ian dowie was brilliant tim dowie. Was brilliant. you can see dowie people don't realize great sense of humor ian dowie don't oh, come across the deli no he's, he's absolutely superb and he's sharp he's a, you know he's an intelligent guy um, and you know he he was a real big character in our change room for sure. Yeah, he really was. Do you remember having a plane named after you and what Laurie Mack said at the David <laughs> Seventh ceremony? Come on, Tiz, tell us that story. Let's I have did, it. yes, yeah. So so Flyby did name a plane after me. Flew me back to Guernsey. Um, did the whole naming ceremony thing out on the runway of the airport, having pictures taken. Laurie had joined me because uh, he was yeah, on the board at the, at the club at the time, and. Um, yeah, we, we had all the pictures taken. We go back into the terminal for a little buffet and the speeches. Top man from Flyby gets up, says a few kind words about why, you know, they've decided to name one of their planes after me. And then Laurie stood up to respond on behalf of the football club. 
Um, and bear in mind, you know, it was a very proud day for me. I was just a little kid from Guernsey. I never thought I'd have a plane there after me. I've got my kids with me, my parents, and my grandparents who were, who were alive at the time. Um, four generations of my family, you know, I was, pr- I was proud, really, really yeah. proud. Uh, and Laurie stood up and looked straight at the bloke from Flyby who'd just been up. And he went, I don't know if you realise what you've just done. But you've named one of your planes after a player who... Wasn't very quick on the ground and was shit in the air. <laughs> so yeah let's talk about the um uh, the program then harry's heroes uh the full uh the full english so um the, you did the first series and the second series um that must be you know what you talked about what you miss most of all the camaraderie the bonding yeah. teamwork that must have it looked like it you just straight back into it aren't you yeah, very much so. Uh, you know, especially where you you bonded on that first series as well. Um, you know, the, the second series was uh, just just as much fun. Uh, probably a little bit more. I would say probably a little bit more hanging around in terms of the filming. You know what it's like when it. Yeah. Doing. Can we do that again, please? So there was a lot of uh, yeah. There was a lot of second takes and stuff. And uh, <laughs> that <worked>. Razor, <laughs> can you drink that drink again? <laughs> Did get a bit frustrated at times, but um, but no, we did. We, did. We, had a, we had a great laugh. And it looked like you, Merce, and David Seaman behaved. It looked like you were the three adults of the party. Would I be right in that? Uh, yeah, I, you know, you know me. I, was, I, I actually don't drink very much, and I knew that Merce would yeah. needed somebody to to keep him company and and stop him from going off the rails. Um, yeah, and so I was more than happy to. Uh, to be his chaperone and to, to have little romantic meals for two <laughs> when the book is out on the on the oh, uh, Somebody wants to know what your favourite. Well, my brother Alan Osman wants to know what your favourite golfer Saints was. I think I know, but we'll uh, we'll see. Yeah, I mean, uh, from a technical point of view, the Blackburn goal was, was I've always said was my best goal. Um, my favourite goal. I mean, I, I'd probably say the last goal at the Dell. If, yeah. Uh, we're talking about you know a goal that you love more than anything else um not only was it you know the the last goal there but it also got us it also won us the game and i think any goals that win games um you know count for a little bit more than the blackburn one which we lost three two so hey listen tiz it's been a real pleasure i've got to ask you before i go because jill wants to know right (laughs) dj jill wants to know this she said the nudie football match all those nude men and the centre forward with the big donger. She wants to know about what was that like? Suddenly you appear from round the corner. You see them all. It was like the seven dwarfs going around the corner. Hi, oh, but they were they weren't carrying axes, my son. <laughs> no, and uh, I don't know if you if you noticed David Seaman's reaction. Oh, uh, he was gone, buddy. He was yeah. out of it. I mean, I played like, for England. I'm not doing this. <laughs> It was quite funny, all those penises and no semen. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you uh, from from everyone, Tiz. Thanks for doing our show tonight. And uh, we'll see you on the other side of lockdown. We'll see you on the golf course. Uh, Mad Mick, do you want to say goodbye to Tiz? Oh, see you later, mate. I can't wait to see you again, mate. Uh, It's Boris Johnson, your Prime Minister. And this is a message to everyone who's listening to uh, to, to, to the Mike Osmond Mad Mick podcast, uh, I have one thing to say. There are no statues, no statues in their studio. 
maybe a little bit of Ladro or something, or Lelik. Who knows? So don't come and try and pull them down. Thank you. Hey everybody, it's President of the United States with another test. Another test to find a cure for COVID-19. And no one, no one, no one, no one has done more to find a cure for COVID-19, that dreadful, dreadful disease that came from China. China, came from China. And as you all know, I took hydrochloroquine. I'm still taking it. And I've been taking it for a week and I have had, I've had, I've had a lot of criticism from the scientists and the health people from around the world, so-called experts who know nothing. Nobody knew that hydrochloroquine could cure COVID-19 until I got involved. And I've been taking it for over a week and no, no side effects whatsoever. <laughs> See what I mean? So now, here comes test number two to help the people of the world. Look at that. You can see that? It's Pal Dog Food. Pal Dog Food. And I looked into this and I discovered that PAL stands for Prolonging Active Life. Prolonging Active Life. So I'm going to try it for you right now. Remember, I'm doing it to you. I'm doing it to save the world. Here we go. Pow, dog food, prolongs active life. Beautiful, beautiful. Yeah, it's so good, so good. Um, well, there's no side effects, no side effects. Although I do have an incredible urge to lick my balls. No side effects, so good. Stand by for the next test. Trump's test, coming soon. Oh, since, since the shutdown. Yes. Thanks for asking. Since the shutdown. Yeah. Yes, me, Shut and Doris have, me and Doris have found out that we only got one thing in common. Oh, and? Yes. Oh, and that's, we got married on the same day. <laughs> that's sort of sad, really bad, Vic. What telephone appointments. Yeah. One of those for one of those telephone appointments with the doctor. Yes, I know. Oh, he said, Mick, you can't touch anything alcoholic. He oh, said. Right. Thanks for asking. He said, Don't touch anything alcoholic. No. You can't go near it, he said. No, no. So me and Doris are sleeping in separate beds. <laughs> of course you oh. are. <laughs> oh, tell me something funny. What's funny? Everything's funny in your world, man, Mick. Oh, my friend Eric has been on Tinder. Tinder? Oh, my friend Eric's been on it. Eric's been on it from the world in wallet. Oh, yes, my friend Eric. Yeah. Oh, and they said, we found you the perfect woman, Eric. Yeah. Oh, thanks, Rob. We have found you the perfect woman. Really? The only problem is, they said, she's expecting a baby. What? Oh, they said, yes, we found you a perfect woman, but she's expecting a baby. No. I said, well, you're going to look stupid turning up with a robber suit and a nappy on. <laughs> 
We've had a good time. Mad Mick, have you got any final thoughts? Oh, yes, I've got to go in a minute because Doris is cooking. Oh, is she? Oh, she's got a new recipe book. Thanks for asking. I did. I did. I did. Oh, and in the book it said reduce the wine. Yeah. So Doris drunk it. <laughs> oh, oh, I dear. must tell you this before I go. Go on then. Go on then. I've got a new electronic lawnmower. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's marvellous. Have you heard of them? Yeah. Oh, it's got a big orange lead. Yeah. Oh, it's marvellous. Yeah. Because when your grass gets too long, yeah, you can find your way back to the house. <laughs> I mean, that is, that is leaving it a long time, Mad Mick. Thank you very much for listening to the Mike Osman Mad Mick podcast. I'd like to thank my very special guest, Matthew Letizier. James Nesbitt is back with some more stupid jokes before we go. I don't know what we're going to get here, James. Oh, I, I think you're going to like this one, Mike. Do you know my mate is in love with two school bags? He's in love with two school bags. He's bisexual. Yeah, that's a two. Thank you very much. So I've been thinking about our future king, Prince Charles, and I've been thinking things you would never hear him say. Um, I'm phoning about my universal credit. Uh, could I have a large sausage and batter, uh, a piece of corn, and a pea fritter, please? Hello, is that the AA? I seem to have broken down. Things you wouldn't hear Prince Charles say. And here's a question for you. Before we go, why do scuba divers fall into the water backwards? Well, if they fell forward, they'd still be in the boat, wouldn't they? Does that make sense? We'll see you next time on the Mike Osman and Mad Mick podcast. Stay safe and take care. Thanks for listening. Don't miss the next Mike Osman and Mad Mick podcast. Go on, do yourself a favour. Subscribe now. This is a Thanks for Asking production. <laughs>